It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch. Guy Benson Show on this Tuesday. If you're listening on the broadcast, you're hearing just an epic song from Lady Gaga, Hold My Hand, which was sort of the end of the movie theme in the new Top Gun called Top Gun Maverick. Came out over the weekend, and I'm not sure if that song will be as iconic as some of the original songs from the 1986 film, like... Highway to the Danger Zone, which, by the way, is featured. Spoiler, minor, minor spoiler, because it's like the first thing in the new movie. In case you were wondering, will there be any Kenny Loggins? Oh, yes. Right out of the gate, you get some Highway to the Danger Zone in the new movie. And then at the end, you've got that song by Lady Gaga, which just has an 80s sound to it, sort of one of those 80s anthem. It's a good song. We listen to it on the drive home from the theater. And in case I failed to do this, we do welcome you back to the Guy Benson Show. It is the home stretch segment. Our website is GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is always free. I am on special report tonight on Fox News coming up in the next hour. I just got a little excited talking about this movie. I'd heard all the hype. You probably have, too. You may have seen the blockbuster numbers it did at the box office. $156 million in the opening weekend. In the United States and Canada alone, that is a box office record for the holiday and a career best debut for Tom Cruise, which is kind of surprising because he's been in a lot of mega hits, but he's never had a hit more mega, apparently, than Top Gun Maverick. The first installment of this series came out when I was one. They were filming, I guess, when I was like in the womb. And here we are, more than three and a half decades later, and there's a sequel. Now, let me just say one quick thing. I've seen one of the criticisms of the movie that has nothing to do with the movie itself, but rather of Tom Cruise and his involvement, his very deep and prominent involvement in Scientology. I think you can enjoy a movie with Tom Cruise in it without endorsing or excusing any of the abuses that have been reported about Scientology, right? I think that that is sort of an unfair standard to put on the public, the viewing public. You know, and and that is, I get it. There are some allegedly and proven very bad things that happen in that organization. And Cruz is either aware or you could argue complicit in some of it. That is, I guess, part of the conversation about his career and his work product that he puts out. I'm willing to set that off to the side, as I'm often willing to set things to the side in Hollywood that I disagree with in order to enjoy or not enjoy entertainment. I did see that there was that whole controversy about China wanting the Taiwanese flag and the Japanese flag taken off of Maverick's jacket. In the movie, both of those flags were on that jacket. Maybe they're censoring it over there. I also read that there was a Chinese-linked company, a Chinese-tied entity 
that pulled out of the movie or their support for the movie because they felt that it was too pro-America, too favorably portraying the U.S. military. And I guess they were right about that. It was very pro-America. And so I find it a very positive development. If there's something or someone tied closely to communist China and they were offended by this, then good. Now, just like in the first movie, America's enemy in this movie is very nonspecific. You don't even get a sense of where on earth this country might be. You don't see any of their military members close up. And when you do, they're in an airplane with a mask covering their entire face, like one of those sort of pilot visors with the mask that goes completely over the face. So you don't even know what country it might be. It could be Russia. It could be Iran. It could be China. It's sort of you fill in the blank. It's a bad country, and the U.S. has a mission to try to destroy something dangerous that they're building. And it seemed to be almost impossible. And they bring back Tom Cruise's character, who's still maverick, to try to train these younger guys and gals to see who can make the cut to be part of this mission. The soundtrack was awesome. It was beautifully shot. You just can't take your eyes off of it. I saw in one of the ads, the line says, see it on the biggest screen that you can. That was one of the reviews that they featured. I agree. Seeing it with that surround powerful sound on the big screen was absolutely worth it. And was it a little bit sentimental? Was there a lot of sort of calling back to the 1986 Top Gun movie? Yes. Was that a feature, not a bug, I think, for most people? Yes. Were some of the developments in the plot cliched and predictable? Yes. Very much so. There are a few times where I turned quietly to Adam and whispered exactly what was going to come next. And then, of course, it did. But did that diminish my enjoyment of the flick at all? No, it did not. And when the movie ended, there was a burst of applause in the theater. It was a feel-good, fun, well-shot, hell-of-an-action movie that absolutely, I think, stands the test of time on a sequel this long after the first movie was made. They even had a tribute to the beach volleyball scene. Touch football on the beach with the new crop of attractive men running around in the surf tossing around the football. Tom Cruise obviously just sort of defies age in some ways. And there were other very famous actors in the film as well. Val Kilmer appears, and he's been sick. He has been battling throat cancer, so he's unable to speak, and they work that actually into the plot, which I thought was a lovely device and a tribute to him, and he's looking good. Miles Teller plays Goose's kid, who's now part of the new generation. That's a lot of the drama and tension in the movie. He did a nice job. Also, he's a big, in real life, long drink investor, so I had to sneak that in for the old sponsor here. It was just fun. More than anything, the word I would use is fun. From start to finish, I enjoyed myself. And yes, it was very patriotic. And yes, you're rooting for America. And yes, 
a lot of the tropes are familiar, and I don't care. If you see those as a problem, I, it really doesn't bother me. I've seen a few people talking about plot holes. Yeah, yeah, there were some, uh, there were some plot holes, I would say, along the way. But not so jarring that it took away from the experience. And sometimes you just shouldn't think too hard about a movie like this. The point is not hyper-realism, although I've read some of the reviews that the the scenes, some of which were shot in real F-18s and, like, sort of the effect of going higher and higher with the G-Force and going up to Mach 7 and then 8 and higher, some of that was real, which is cool. But this was just like a, a crazy, fun action movie. It's not that deep. It was very fun, and I'm not surprised it made $156 million in a couple days, and it's going to keep doing very well because the word of mouth is awesome for a reason. So let me just add my voice to it. This is not an ad. No one's sponsoring this. It was just fun, and we had a good time. Then we got in the car, and we're driving home. And you almost want to go way too fast. And drive like a madman because that's what Maverick would do. It's like, nope, this is just the real world. Let's uh, defensive driving, get home safely. And we did. I recommend it. Very fun. Very, very fun. I wonder if Christine has seen it. This seems like a movie that was made for a cookie. She's like the target audience. She was probably, what, in her 30s back in 1986, roughly that? So a lot of nostalgia. Maybe we'll ask her when she's back. She's off today. I guess she needed to recover from the long weekend, if you know what I mean. But she should be back tomorrow when she's cleared her head. So we've got a lot to discuss with Christine. A little teaser for tomorrow's show. In the meantime, I'm off to television. Special report with Brett Bayer. Fox News Channel coming up in this next hour. See you there. Back here on the radio tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good night. Home stretch here on the Guy Benson Show. Catch me on Special Report coming up in the next hour on Fox News Channel with Brett. I think it's Mara Liason and Hugh Hewitt and yours truly on the panel. So that's in the 6 p.m. hour Eastern Special Report coming up. Here at the radio show, our website is GuyBensonShow.com, and that podcast every day is free of charge. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We always like to remind you of that. Well, yesterday, producer Christine had the day off, so she had a super extended long weekend. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and we had discussed here on the show back and forth multiple times whether or not Christine was going to attend our Memorial Day weekend barbecue, which was on Saturday. Although... (laughs) It was funny, on Monday, Memorial Day itself, we had gone to see Top Gun, the new movie. And I gave my review of it yesterday during the home stretch. In case you missed it, you can go back on the podcast. Overall, two thumbs up. We got out of the movie. I had some text messages waiting for me on my phone from a friend. He and his wife showed up at our house, bottle of wine in hand, to attend our barbecue. They just wrote the wrong date down. They saw it was the Memorial Day weekend barbecue, and it clearly said Saturday and the time and everything, but something in 
his brain, I think, said, oh, Memorial Day, it's going to be Monday. They put it in their calendar. They didn't even look at the invite again. They just came straight to the house, which, of course, was empty except for the dog. So I'm sure Roy was barking up a storm, protecting the house. Then they brought up the invite on their phones because they were confused, and they saw the date. They just had gotten it wrong. So he was embarrassed. He apologized. It happens. I think everyone has a story of something similar like that happening in their lives, getting a date wrong or a time wrong or forgetting about a time change. It happens to the best of us. Everyone else was able to remember that it was Saturday. Everyone who attended showed up on Saturday. But producer Christine was not among them because after all the seesaw deliberations, not coming, maybe coming, not coming, yes, probably going to come, not coming, on and on it went. The ultimate decision was no. She was not going to attend. She was going to stay home in New Jersey instead. Now, someone who did come was Quiet Wyatt, party animal. Quiet, Wyatt. So the first people showed up at the house around 1 or 1.30 p.m., and the last people left the house just shy of 1 a.m. I actually had already gone to bed because I had TV the next morning. Media buzz. And it wasn't like a three-minute quick segment on something light. It was multiple segments on media coverage of a school shooting. So I wanted to be in a decent place for that. So I went to bed, not early, but earlier than the last people taking off, which is fine. I'm glad people had fun. But that's also a very long extravaganza. We're talking about 11 hours of people eating and drinking at the house. We had a great time. We had a lot of fun. Wyatt arrived, I would say, relatively early on in the day, maybe 2 or 3 p.m., And he did not quite burn the midnight oil, but he was within the the last group, like solid core of people who were still at the party, close to midnight, I would say. Does that sound right to you, Wyatt? Sounds about right, yes. Did you have a good time? Yes, Guy. It was a very good time. had a lot of fun, and thank you for inviting me. And I wish Christine was was there. It would have been an even better time. Many people are saying that could be the case. There are people on the other side of that. But you were there. There were some Fox colleagues there that you were chatting with. You had, I couldn't help but notice, multiple long drinks over the course. And you were there. You paced yourself. You were there a long time. You were not stumbling and bumbling around. But you seemed to be enjoying the experience. I think that's fair to say. Very fair guy. So we had probably 60-ish people over the course of that whole time. And it was sort of come and leave as you please. Some people showed up, left, and then came back. Some people were supposed to come and then didn't, and we might talk about that tomorrow, actually, on the show, the old last-minute cancellation or ghosting phenomenon. But Christine, we know, had said ahead of time, I'm not coming. However, it was relatively late in the evening, not crazy late. I want to estimate around 10 p.m., and Wyatt is standing right near me, and he says, Guy, look who's calling. And he shows me his cell phone, and there's an incoming call from Cookie. And actually, in Wyatt's phone, she is listed as Carousel Killer. So that's how I knew it was her. That's actually not true, but it should be true. So I said to Wyatt, let me answer the phone. So I did, but I did it very quickly 
and quietly as to make Christine think it was Wyatt. So I said, hello? And she's like, it's Christine. How's the party? What? And then she went on. And then I said, Christine, this is your host, Guy Benson, host of the show, not your host at this party because she wasn't there. And Christine, you cracked up. And then what did you tell me on that phone call? That I wish I went to the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think now, I still stand by that. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Had you perhaps had a glass or two of Mama's Juice prior to that phone call? Uh, sure. Okay. Yep, that's what I thought. I wasn't totally, totally sure, but I, I kind of had the sense maybe that was the nature of this phone call. And you were calling to talk to Wyatt to check in on the party. What were you going to tell him if I had not revealed myself to be me? What would you have said? No, 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 no. Thinking I, it was still Wyatt. I just assumed that I didn't know why Wyatt was such a party animal. So I knew it was an afternoon party. I thought that Wyatt would have been home, you know, prepping for war or something. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was still at the party or, or I would not have called. But I just wanted to see how the party was. Um. But no, you answered. <laughs> I answered. I really didn't know. And and I believe, if I recall correctly, again, a word that you used about your Saturday night was bored. Mm-hmm. You were bored at home. And we had, at that time, I would say dozens of people who were frolicking, drinking, eating, relaxing, chilling, whatever word you want to use, at the house. We had the kegs going. We had, by that point, the long drink was gone. We were still doing a little bit of grilling. The desserts had come out. And we were still going strong and would continue to go strong for several more hours. And you were just, what, holed up in your apartment in New Jersey, not doing much, just having regret, having FOMO? Yes. So what happened was, and listen, I'm not one to throw my husband. By the way, you should have had FOMO because you mowed. (laughs) You mowed. My husband had had a long work week. He was uh, traveling, and it was just going to be difficult to get him to go to D.C. for the weekend. So um, with that being said, he was also very tired from his trip. So after dinner on Saturday night, he kind of fell asleep pretty early. Then Megan Mm -hmm. fell asleep, and then here I am just watching, you know, TV with Mama's Juice by myself. Yeah, your box of wine is running out. And you said, oh, I've got to go. Oh, idea. no, Let it was not running Wyatt. out. I never let that happen. <laughs> no, okay, no, you no. have backup supplies. You have a whole stash. Yes. Yeah. But I think the solution here, A, would have been just to come all along. B, if it was such a long, tiring week, you could have just said, hey, Bobby, and I actually suggested this to you on the air. Can you have Megan for one night? I'm going to come down to D.C., stay the night. And against my better judgment, Christine, we would have given you one of our guest rooms. You could have stayed at the house. Well, I did not know that. And then you could have hopped in your car the next day, assuming you had, you know, recovered by that point, and driven home. And the Sunday of the long weekend usually doesn't have bad traffic because everyone's traveling Friday and Monday. Saturday and Sunday is pretty open, so you could have gotten down easily on Saturday, driven back. It's probably eight hours round trip. I think it would have been worth it. Because instead you had a sleepy, boring, quiet Saturday night of a long weekend as the only person even awake in your house. When we had people, I mean, the place was, it was bumping. The party was bumping at Chateau Benson. And you mowed. 
I know, Hence and I FOMA. even had someone reach out to me on Instagram saying, hey, where were you? I was at Guy's party, and I was really hoping to, you know, catch up with you. And I'm like, oh, as I was sitting there with my box Was that wine. a direct message that you sent yourself? <laughs> no, I swear it was from somebody. <laughs> that's a real person. Know. It's yes. not like your, uh, your fake girlfriend from Canada type situation. No, no, oh, no. Oh, really wished I had seen you there. It was a real, real person. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yes, okay. I, I think... Looking back, I definitely I definitely made a mistake of some sorts. I mean, I wanted to be with my family. That was the thing. And I really did enjoy my time with the family. But, oh, but they wanted to they wanted to be in bed yeah. is the thing. So, they, you want to be with them, and they wanted to be asleep. And especially since I had the long weekend because Megan was off of – oh, my gosh. Her school is just off all the time. So Megan's school was off yesterday. That's why I took off. And I had that long weekend. I should have just got up Saturday morning, went down – Mm-hmm. And then I could have slept over. Oh my gosh, we could yep. have had a slumber party. I could have went with you to Howie Kurtz. You could, you could have. I mean, you know, me and Howie, we're we're buds. We're good friends. Well, and you do book them all the time. I do, I do. Um, and then I could have just went home or had brunch with YY and then went home. I I did not plan properly, and it will be noted, I'm sure, by White as well. And yes, it, things will be different next party. Yeah, it's for going sure. in the binder. It's going in your file for mm-hmm. sure. And by the way, with all due respect, I don't really think you should ever make brunch plans with Wyatt, especially after a night of drinking, because he would be like, okay, well, I'll meet you at 4.45 a.m. outside the Wall Street Journal Bureau. I'll bring a bagel. <laughs> we just be sit on the big... steps outside the building. Yeah, that's it. And he'd, and he'd have coffee, of course. You could probably get home by sunrise after ha- <laughs> after having brunch with him. So that's a, that'd be the upside. You get an early start on the day. But, yes, it was very fun. We had a great time. Thanks to the Long Drink for sponsoring it. And they sent us so much, and it went really fast. At one point, someone said, I got the last one. I said, oh, I think we have some still in the other fridge. And I went, no, all gone. So that's a testament to how delicious it is. And the party was amazing. It was just, you know, missing a little extra layer of crazy. And we could have used it. And I think you're hearing Wait, the regret. You can hear the regret is that, in is, her voice. Is the crazy me? I will let you reach that conclusion. That sounds like the conclusion that you have reached yourself. So not my words. Your words can neither confirm nor deny. I can confirm that I'm on special report coming up in the next hour. Fox News Channel. See you there. Back here on the radio. Same time, same place tomorrow. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Thursday. It's the Guy Benson Show. Glad to have you along. GuyBensonShow.com for the free podcast and more. This from the Wall Street Journal caught our attention. Headline, canceling plans at the last minute is the new normal. And they have a quote right underneath the headline. You don't know if plans are really on until you get there. The story reads, calling off plans at the last minute used to be seen as rude. Now it can feel like a fixture of social life. And they talk about a 30-year-old woman who skipped her own birthday ski trip because she spiked 103 fever. And even though she tested negative for COVID, she was concerned about her health. So she didn't go. And the story says, COVID has made those prone to breaking plans feel less guilty about bailing last minute. 
constant cancellations have been exacerbated by another pre-pandemic phenomenon, which is ghosting, where people just simply don't show up. And they quote an expert saying there are looser social rules. That's how people perceive it, and they think it's okay not to show up. And one example that they give is restaurant cancellations ticking up. And you've got no-shows as well. That's always been the case, but apparently the phenomenon has increased. Now, this is definitely something that is happening. I can attest to it in my own life, in my own experience. And as a matter of fact, on yesterday's home stretch, we were talking about the big party that Adam and I hosted at the house on Saturday. Long weekend party, barbecue, keg, long drink, all the things. And we put out an evite. We asked people to RSVP. Most people did, one way or another. And we had some people who at the last minute asked to bring more people with them, which is fine. Occasionally, you'll have people show up with guests in tow who are not invited. And I'm just not the type of person who wastes energy being upset about that. I'm kind of a more the merrier type of person. So it's like, sure, come on in. Then after the party or the next day and you're sort of in recovery mode, doing some cleaning around the house, cleaning up the backyard, and you check the evite and you realize there were some people who had said they were coming then never showed up. Some of them without any explanation whatsoever. And is that a little bit annoying? I will personally say it can be because you're planning headcounts and getting the right amount of food and there's money involved and you want to be a good host and you try to plan. And I understand sometimes things are out of people's control. And I mentioned some of our friends got the date wrong. They showed up on Monday. So I'm not here to shame anyone. I just think if you RSVP to an event, especially a private party or a dinner or something that people are planning and investing in, I think if you need to change the plans at the last minute, at least do that. I think that is less frustrating than the ghosting version of this. But I will give credit where it's due. One of the ghosters this past weekend is a colleague right here at Fox News. And she addressed this on the air on Fox News Channel yesterday. She was co-hosting Outnumbered. This topic, this Wall Street Journal, was one of their talk topics toward the end of the show, I believe. And Jillian Turner graciously took the opportunity to confess what she had done and to seek forgiveness. Listen to Cut 42. While we're on the air, I would like to I would like to admit that I did this myself this weekend. I did it to our dear friend oh. Guy Benson. Guy, I am so sorry. I was supposed to go to his Memorial Day weekend barbecue, but I have a 10-month-old, and I think that that oh. is a legitimate excuse. That's a good excuse. Kaylee, back me up here. You have no control yes. over what these little people yeah, but do. You have no say <laughs> over your own schedule. I'm sorry to all my Amen. friends. Guy, I'm very sorry. So she's getting endorsements there in the background from Kaylee McEnany. And I said my ruling on this apology was apology accepted. It's okay. We'll allow it this time, Turner. A little tongue in cheek there. And look, there are different versions of excuses. If you have an infant and things go sideways or young kids, 
I understand that as a reason not to come to a social function. I also think people use that sometimes as their get-out-of-jail-free card, that they don't really want to come to something. It's like, oh, sorry, the kids were crazy. Last minute. I'm not accusing Jillian of lying about it. I just know people do that sometimes. COVID is another one, as the journal story indicates. Even if you don't have COVID, you could just say, oh, you know, I'm feeling a little under the weather just to be safe. And I, on some level, appreciate at least going through the motions of coming up with a reason to then back out, as opposed to simply not showing up at all with no explanation. So I got a text, for example, the day before the party, Peter Ducey and his wife, Hillary, they were going to come to the party. And at the last minute, they got invited to do something out of state with his family. And they went down to Florida, I believe it was. He said, rain check. We can't wait to see you guys. Sorry that we can't come this time. We were looking forward to it. Something like that. Fine. Personally, again, speaking for myself, I prefer that. And generally, I will say I try to keep my dates or my commitments. I don't like to sign up for things or RSVP to things and then back out at the last minute just because I'm not really feeling like it or something better comes up. I'm not saying I've never done it. I'm not Mr. Perfect here. I just think these loosened social rules that we're talking about where it's suddenly not rude to at the very last minute cancel on people or not show up, I am not on board for that. I'm okay to relax things a little bit maybe. And I'm not a grudge holder and it's not something that's like, well, this person has offended me now because they didn't come to this party so they're not going to ever be invited again. I think that's petty and silly and that's not what we're about here. But I also think we might want to recalibrate this a little bit. There should be some social stigma attached to ghosting or not showing up to something that you have said and committed that you're going to be at. That is my opinion. Producer Christine, I have a hypothesis. I have a guess that you agree with me if you are the host of the event. You are a stickler for people showing up and get offended if they don't. But if the shoe is on the other foot and you're the invited party and it's not your realm, you take a much more cavalier approach and attitude toward maybe not showing up and you do that from time to time. Does that sound about right or am I wrong? Boy, do you know me well. That is spot on. Because if Mm -hmm. I'm hosting something, listen, if it is like, say, you and me and Bobby and Adam had dinner plans for this Saturday, and tomorrow Adam texts and was like, hey, totally spaced on something like rain check, I'm fine. No no worries. Don't even worry about it. I'm pretty easygoing. But if I'm hosting like a dinner party and you just ghost me, we're going to have a problem. It's not. That's not nice. I don't ghost. I do cancel. I just did it today, actually, on one of Megan's play dates for Saturday. Totally forgot I was taking her to the horse track. So she can't go play with her girlfriends. We got to bet on the ponies. You're taking your daughter to go gambling. Yes, we're going to the racetrack. Okay. Interesting. Now, what would you do, just as an example, if you were throwing a party and one of your invited guests declined and then accepted, then declined, and then reaccepted, and then declined? That's a lot. Um, it would. I would have to see, you know, if it's like a, 
if it's a medical thing, then yeah, I can get it. No, it was it. not medical. It was it was like let's say your guest was going to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and then she wasn't. She was going to come, and then she couldn't figure it out with her schedule. But then she could, and she was going to bring her husband and daughter. And then never mind, she wasn't going to come. And then hypothetically, at the event, called another friend at the event, complaining that she wasn't there after all. Like, how would that sit with you? Oh, completely fine. That sounds like, you know, Uh a caring friend. Totally. (laughs) You finally figured out who I was talking about. So let me just dig down a little bit more deeply here. If someone cancels on you and lets you know, even if it's last minute, you're not mad about that, it's just the ghosting that bothers you, I think some last minute cancellations are also borderline unacceptable. It really would have to depend on what the cancellation is. But I, no, like I'm not going to get mad at my friends if they, they can't make it. Um, that's just What not about, because here's another thing. What if someone, because I've had this happen, what if someone cancels on you for some stated reason, then they forget about the lie that they've told you and then they're posting other stuff on their social media about what they're actually doing? That to me is a combination of infractions. Yes. Yeah, I I I would probably call them out for that. I'd probably say, "Hey, what happened here?" you know. And if they or just, just said- like comment on the Instagram story, it's like, <laughs> "Oh, it seems that you're feeling better magically." What a miracle. Hope well, to see you next time. I hope to not be that passive aggressive. You know, I am 40, guy. I have to act mature. Don't you think? Let me well, let me just paint a scenario. Why would you start now? <sighs> Walk right into that. Let me just paint you a little scenario and then you can move on to your favorite. Why, why? Um, say you had a son and we'll call him, I don't know, little guy. And little guy and little Megan had a play date for this Saturday. And you were hosting little Megan and you had like lunch planned and little guy was very excited, maybe run through the sprinklers, you know, I have a whole afternoon, but then little Megan's mom, let's just say, we'll call her, I don't know, cookie, um, cookie calls big guy and says, Hey, so sorry. I forgot. I had plans to go to the racetrack. We'll, we'll do this another time. Okay. And then you got to break the news to little guy. Are you mad at cookie? Uh, Maybe. It also depends on how often this kind of thing happens. I assume we live close to each other as opposed to four hours away, right? That, I think, matters. And I hate to break this to you, Christine, but there's not going to be a situation where your Megan and a hypothetical future child of mine would be, like, hanging out as friends. If anything, Megan might be the correct age to babysit little guy down the line. Yeah, that's true. And let's hope she doesn't right? cancel babysitting. Now, that's a no-no. If you hire a babysitter and then they cancel last Child minute, care. Yeah, that's- Child care falling through, which then forces Ooh. you to cancel, is definitely something that some of my friends have talked about and railed against because it can upend things that they're looking forward to. I get it's all complicated. I get that social mores and norms change. I just don't want to overcorrect or swing too much in one direction here. Because I think if you tell someone you are coming to their event or coming to their thing and they're expecting to see you and you don't come or you cancel at the very last minute or make a habit of it, I don't think that's a great reflection on you. If that sounds judgmental, maybe I'm being a little judgmental. I'm a little judgy Joyce over here today. And I think it's fair. I stand by it. You can hit me up. You can send us tweets. You can DM me if you disagree. But I've said my piece. I'm not calling anyone out. I actually would not have 
even thought twice about Jillian Turner, but I think it's lovely that she brought it up and very funny. I had several people send that to me. But she better come to the next one. It's the Guy Benson Show back here for the Friday edition tomorrow. We will talk to you then. Have a great night. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Friday, almost to the weekend. Thanks for listening. GuyBensonShow.com for the free podcast every day, including Bonus Benson, Saturday, Sunday. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I saw this map floating around on social media. It's a map of Europe. It's interesting. Where they color code the map of Europe based on some social norms when it comes to hospitality. And the question is, are you likely to receive food as a guest at someone's house in various places? So dark blue on the map means almost always you're given food as a guest. Light blue is usually, yes, you're given food. Light pink is you're unlikely to get food as a guest. And then red is you are very unlikely to receive food if you're a guest in someone's house. And it's basically all along the Mediterranean Sea is dark blue. You almost always get food. Spain, Portugal, Italy, most of Italy at least, and like Croatia, Greece, etc. Then as you move north, it becomes less likely that people are going to serve you food. Although in Eastern Europe, it's still usually yes. Russia, apparently, usually yes. Parts of France, usually yes. Then you get into northern France and Germany, and that's where you start getting into the unlikely area. We just talked to Martha, who's in London. In England, that is a usually-you-don't-get-food country, apparently, so light pink. Then the least likely places that you're going to be offered food as a guest would be Scandinavia. See, in Finland, they would just offer you long drink, which would be more than enough. You don't need food. But Scandinavia and, I guess, Iceland... Don't expect food as a house guest. So people were debating this based on their ethnicities and their own family traditions. I just wonder here in the U.S. what the expectation is. I think it kind of depends on how long you're at the house and what the nature of the visit is. But if you are a guest in the house for any significant period of time, I would say food is offered, even if it's just a small snack of some sort. Usually you're getting offered something. If it's a social gathering, there's almost always food. If there's an overnight stay or visit, of course you're offered food. Unless I'm missing something. Christine, what is your food policy on this? I would probably supply too much food. That's what I get told often. I can't imagine a scenario where I've invited anybody to my home and did not have something out to eat. Ever. Yeah, so you'd be kind of in the dark blue category here. Yeah, I'm the one, like, forcing you to eat if you come to my house. That's like, you got to eat. Yeah, you look hungry. Are you hu- All I do, whenever anybody's, you hungry? You hungry? You hungry? You hungry? Yeah. Can I make no, you something? That sounds right. No, and I think that's generally, maybe there are regional differences within our country as well, but I think there's generally an expectation of something. If you're hungry, can I offer you a drink? I mean, that's just sort of basic. I can't imagine showing up. It's like, oh, yes, there's nothing for you here. 
we got to run. By the way, I'm curious to hear how your day at the races goes tomorrow. You had mentioned earlier in the week that you're pulling your daughter out of a play date yep. to go see, what, the ponies? Yeah, Which makes on. me I'm very nervous about you around ponies based on your history. Are... But you're bringing your daughter to a gambling event. It's not. A, we're canceling, going. No, no. Canceling a play date to go to a gambling event. Christine, we're up on the clock. <sighs> It's a very strange parenting choice. I'm just saying we'll have to hear about it next week, see how it goes, how Megan enjoyed her experience and how much money you lose. We'll get that update perhaps on Monday on The Guy Benson Show. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.